0: If you want to approach your birth feeling cool, calm and confident, then you are in the right place. Welcome to Hypno I'm your host Claire, a doula and hypnobirthing teacher from Edinburgh and I'm here to help you look forward to birth. So let's get going. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to episode nine of the Hypno What? podcast. Today I am back at work from my holidays back recording with my microphone in my little office in my empty house which is a much much more relaxing experience than last week my little girl and my husband came home from their adventure right when I was in the middle of recording and of course she had a million questions that only mummy could answer obviously when I'm trying to do work because any other time it's no I want daddy I don't want you the brutal honesty of my three-year-old's patter will haunt me forever toddlers are brutal anyway I had to work very very hard last week to keep my perfectionist tendencies at bay as I really wasn't happy with the sound quality without my mic And I know I'll have missed a few mummies when I was editing, but I hope you'll forgive me because I do think that the content of that episode is great, even if it's not the most polished podcast episode. But there we go. Our chat today is going to center around choosing where to birth your baby. And there's a lot to cover in this one. It can get a little bit numbery when we talk about the differences in risks between the different environments. So what I've done is I've as much as possible kind of simplified the chat in our episode today and I have written a blog with all the stats and links to different studies and research posts. So hopefully that should make it easier for you to understand everything. Certainly for me... I find it quite hard to take in numbers verbally, like when someone's speaking them at me. I find it much more easy to understand them if I can read them and actually see the numbers. So I hope that is helpful for you. The link for this blog post will be in the show notes. Any questions about anything, please do just fire me either a wee DM on Instagram or you can always email me at claire at birthingparentsclub.com. Right, let's get into it. Choosing where to birth your baby. And first things first, you and only you get to decide where you birth your baby, and that right is protected by law. So the legal principle of consent means that as long as you have the mental capacity to make your own decisions, you cannot be forced to give birth in any particular location or in a medical setting against your will. In the UK, all pregnant people are entitled to hospital-based maternity care, but they cannot be forced to use it. Right. Now that's out of the way. <laughs> Let's look at the different options that you have, and we're going to start by looking at midwife-led units. And some of you might be wondering, what the hell is that? Well, it, it's simple, really. It's in the name. It's a birth unit where the care is led by midwives and these can be freestanding or sit alongside a hospital. But the idea behind them is to try and mimic a home environment and to treat birth as a straightforward, normal, physiological, bodily process, normal thing to happen, as opposed to a medical event where you are a patient. So the decor in these is pretty homely comfortable generally they're really low tech in appearance they don't look like hospital rooms um actually they look a bit like a hotel room with a birth pool in the corner yoga balls bouncing around that sort of thing and you generally have much more and much easier control over the environment than you would do on a labor ward so the lighting will usually be dimmable your room temperature might also be changeable and you might have access to facilities like aromatherapy. Birth centre midwives can sometimes have additional training in things like massage or acupressure. And they'll tend to have lots of different props like big bean bags for supporting yourself on the ground, birthing stools, Swiss balls, peanut balls. Ahead of your labour, I would really advise checking in with your local facility or even just chatting to your midwife at your antenatal appointments to see exactly what your local midwife-led unit has on offer and how likely it is that a a room will be available you know some are generally busier than others and also how likely is it that those things will be available and that just allows you to work out anything that you might either want to by yourself, bring along from home, and it just lets you manage your expectations a bit more as well. Giving birth in a midwife led unit, you are less likely to have an instrumental birth than on the labour ward, as well as being less likely to have an unplanned cesarean or an epidural. If you have given birth before, there is a 91% chance that your birth will be a straightforward physiological birth when you give birth in a birth centre. Around a third of first-time births will transfer from a midwife-led unit to the labour ward and that rate drops to around 12% for parents who have given birth before. And these numbers might sound quite big, you know, that might sound quite likely to you, but transfer does not always spell emergency. In fact most of the time transfers are not emergencies the most common reason for transfer from a midwife led unit to the labor ward was a slow or stalled labor and that is not an emergency situation in fact that's quite a normal part of physiological birth sometimes physiological birth does not have a watch it doesn't know about the graph that it is expected to work from But it could be that those families have opted to move to the labour ward to try and speed up labour either by maybe having their waters broken or having synthetic oxytocin, so that's the hormone drip that can get your contractions ramping up a bit. And another really common reason for transferring was wanting different pain relief than is available in the birth centre, for example an epidural. Those and those kind of interventions that we just talked about and pain relief like an epidural those must be overseen and monitored on a labour ward the thing with birth centres is that they usually have an admissions policy and what that does is it restricts high risk pregnancies and births from accessing the facilities these policies will vary from trust to trust but what they do Generally means that anyone who's on a pathway of care or overdue or over the age of 40, they will not have access to the birth centre. You are well within your rights to challenge this by writing to the head of midwifery at your local trust. To deny you access, what your trust has to do is provide clinical evidence to show that there is a likelihood of significant harm to either you or baby by you choosing to give birth there. So, if writing a letter like that sounds like something you might want to do, check out the organisation Birthrights. They'll be able to give you all the correct and up to date legal information, as well as sometimes helping you communicate with your care provider. But aside from all that, birth centres are a really popular choice at the moment because they're generally considered to be a midpoint between staying at home. And going to hospital so a lot of people really like them for that reason. They are decked out to be pretty cosy and lovely looking which I think for a lot of people is the big draw that it doesn't look like a hospital but you have the reassurance of medical team on hand. So let's move on and look at giving birth in hospital and we're going to talk about the labour ward to begin with and I want to start by discussing the fact that hospital and hospital birth and labour wards can quite often get a bit of a bad rep and I'm not saying that that's entire that's not entirely undeserved but it is very possible to have a posi- to have a positive birth experience in a hospital and if being on the labour ward is what feels right for you do not let anyone try to talk you into something else because it's how you feel that is most important it's you that needs to feel safe and secure and many people feel very safe in hospital and choosing to give birth there makes sense for a lot of families you have access to all the pain relief options you have direct access to obstetricians if your labor becomes complicated you have direct access to specialist baby care in the very unlikely circumstances that your baby may need it. And these things can make people feel safe. And lots of people take comfort in the idea that they have all of these options as at home and in the birth centre you're slightly more limited in these areas. One thing I will say though is that birth pools are generally less likely to be available for use. Labour wards often only have a few rooms with them, whereas birth centres will generally have one in most rooms. So if water birth is something that you're hoping for, then it's worth asking your midwife about the likelihood of the availability of a birth pool, as it is going to vary from hospital to hospital and how busy your hospital is as well. As with birthing in a birth centre, the risk of any serious complications is just shy of three in every thousand births, and that is the same pretty much across all birth environments actually, which you'll be able to see in the table of outcomes that I've popped on the blog. All of these statistics are from the birth study, which looked at sixty four thousand low risk births, um, around the kind of period of two thousand and eight to two thousand and ten, and I'm sure you'll find that pretty interesting to look through. Hospital birth does, however, mean that you are at a higher risk of intervention. So only 46% of first-time births are considered normal on the labour ward. And normal was described by this study as being without induction, without epidural, instrumental delivery or episiotomy. So in other words, a straightforward physiological birth, but less than half of the people giving birth on a labour ward actually had that. A low-risk person giving birth in hospital is more likely to have a cesarean than if they were at home, as well as being more likely to have an episiotomy, a third or fourth degree tear, or an instrumental delivery. Your baby is also slightly more likely to spend time in the NICU if they're born on labour ward than if they were born in either a midwife-led unit or at home. And hospital rooms will also appear much more techy. And medical than birth center rooms and certainly more than your environment at home however you will be absolutely amazed at the difference some fairy lights LED candles blankets cushions all of these little homey touches they can make a massive difference and you can really turn a birth um, a room in hospital into a really gorgeous space to give birth and actually Just turning off the lights makes such a massive difference. So if you decide to give birth in hospital, you can still make the place your own. It's just going to require a little bit of extra thought. And I want to talk about the other option for giving birth in hospital as well, which is giving birth in theatre. And you might choose to give birth to your baby in theatre. Now, I am planning to devote a whole episode to talking about cesarean birth In the next few weeks. So I'm just going to touch on it. Very briefly here. Because I want to make it clear. That this is absolutely an option. That you have. When you're considering. Where and how you want to give birth. The current rate in the UK. Current numbers. For the UK. Show that. More than a third of births. Take place in theatre. And around half of those are unplanned actually. And. Choosing a cesarean birth obviously offers a lot more scope for your birth to unfold pretty much exactly as planned but as with everything there are pros and cons, benefits and risks and you need to just weigh up what you think is going to work best for you and your baby and your circumstances. Giving birth in theatre is serious abdominal surgery so this notion of choosing a cesarean making you too posh to push that's just ignorant nonsense it's all crap choosing a cesarean birth might be your preference if you have had a traumatic birth previously you might have medical factors for either you or baby which make a vaginal birth more risky or just because it's your choice and you're entitled to make it as with every choice in birth, if you are informed as to all of your options and you think that a birth in theatre is where you will feel the most comfortable, where you will have the most positive experience and be set up for a really positive postnatal experience with your baby as well, then that is your right to make that decision. Birthing in theatre also offers or is beginning to offer a lot more flexibility and choice as to how your birth will go. So lighting can sometimes be dimmed around your head. Um, Obviously, they do need to be able to see what's going on. Um, But you can kind of try to create a more gentle environment for once baby is with you. And your golden hour with baby might be a little bit more disturbed, you know, moving out of theatre and generally just having lots of people around you. But immediate skin to skin and delayed cord clamping are both still recommended by the World Health Organization and the NICE guidelines. So discuss your priorities and any concerns with your care team beforehand. Even if your cesarean is unplanned and decided on while you're in labour, there will probably still be a bit of waiting about Um, and they've got to take you through lots of different forms and the pros and cons So there will be a bit of waiting about unless it is a real emergency but that is the minority of cases. So you should have time to have a bit of chat with this team about what's important to you and the kind of experience that you hope to bring your baby into the world in. You should be able to play your own music and you also have just as much right to ask staff to respect your privacy and respect the intimacy of this moment for you and not have them chatting about their weekends around you, as you would do on the, the labour ward. So some of you might be listening and thinking, surely that's not a thing. Your care team chatting about their days off while you've got your belly open and having an abdominal surgery to bring your baby into the world. But unfortunately, this is exactly what happened to a family I was working with last month. Um, her husband had to ask twice for the team not to talk about their holidays, which is just madness to me um you know it's a really sacred moment for you and do not be afraid to if you're in that position speak up and say can we have a bit of peace and quiet please and just before we move on to talking about giving birth at home I want to just make the very quick point which is maybe obvious but maybe not that there is no guarantee Of a private room for the duration of your stay in hospital and this goes for the birth center as well which which usually has a shared recovery ward. In the birth center you will usually have your own room from arrival but in the labor ward you might need to labor on a shared ward before being moved to a private room for baby to be born. That increases in likelihood the busier your hospital is and this lack of privacy and interruptions that might affect your ability to get in the zone so if you're planning to head to hospital definitely make sure that you pack an eye mask and some earplugs so that you can block out any distractions and just focus on yourself. Right we're gonna get cracking with the home birth chat now and this is obviously the polar opposite of theatre birth which we just touched on And I want to start by saying, do not take no for an answer. Home birth is your right. As I said at the beginning of today's episode, the law protects your right to choose. If you have the capacity to make your own decisions, you can choose to birth at home irrespective of medical advice, irrespective of your consultant's recommendation Even if you are considered to have a high-risk pregnancy, if you wish to plan for a home birth, midwives are duty-bound to attend your home birth and care for you, regardless of whether or not they agree with your decision. And I'm not saying here that you won't receive some pushback, as you more than likely will, but by law you are protected to choose where you give birth and your care team must support that decision. And they must work with you on how to come up with the best care plan for your circumstances. There is absolutely no such thing as not allowed a home birth. The organization's aims and birthrights are excellent resources to check out for help on how to communicate with your trust on this matter if you think you need a bit of help with that but definitely reach out to either of these. I've used the birthrights team before for advice on home birth for a client. And yeah, they're an absolutely amazing team and provide an incredible free resource. So definitely check that out. And let's just talk about what happens at home birth. You will have two midwives to attend for you throughout labor. delivery and the immediate postnatal period and your midwives will bring with them all of the equipment that they need some trusts will deliver this to you around 37 weeks I know that's what happens here in Edinburgh and that just means that when you call your midwives when you're in labour they don't need to log all load of stuff in with them they can just appear at your door and attend to you if you need them to occasionally trusts might provide a birth pool but i do think that's quite rare usually these are hired by you if you're choosing to have a home birth though it's worth saying as well your midwife will be well versed in the setup of these pools and should be able to give you a hand sorting it out if required but my suggestion would definitely be to get the pool inflated asap as they can be a bit fiddly And the last thing you need when you're in the throes of labour is your birth partner trying to figure out the tap connectors for the hose or the pump, or you don't need any of that additional stress. And let's just talk about why would someone choose to birth at home. And that's because, I think for a lot of people, the vast majority of home births are normal. They are just spontaneous vaginal births with no intervention, augmentation, assistance, just babies coming out of vaginas, brilliantly, beautifully boring. And for most people, home is where we feel safest. And feeling safe and comfortable is crucial to your body's production of oxytocin. As we know, oxytocin is crucial throughout labour and birth. The more oxytocin flows, the more effective and regular your contractions will be and if you don't know what I'm talking about just now, head to episode three and listen to me wax lyrical about oxytocin and the wonder that is all of your other birth hormones working together. Amazing stuff. And by staying at home as well, you can avoid some of the things which can cause your body to enter a stress response. Things like Travelling to your birth space, that can often slow or stall your labour. Meeting lots of different people as well, which you tend to do when you you know, you know arrive at a hospital, maybe assessed by somebody in triage and then meet somebody else. And it's a lot of moving around. And you also have complete control over your environment. That's another massive pro, I think. You can also spend time in the lead up to labour getting your birth space exactly as you want it and using that space as a place where you can connect with your baby and it will then become associated by your brain with birth and with relaxation which is all good stuff. But what so many people talk to me about the best bit of their home birth being is avoiding that journey home. Once baby is born relaxing on their own sofa, drinking a cup of tea out of their own favourite mug, having a shower in your own bathroom, climbing into your own bed. Plus, you don't need to wave goodbye to your partner when visiting hours are up, which is definitely the biggest downside of birthing in a birth centre or on the labour ward. If it's your first birth, then the transfer rate from home to hospital is quite high. It's around 45%. However, like we talked about earlier with transfer rates, this does not mean that there is an emergency situation in 45% of home births. What this means is that the pregnant person has chosen to move to hospital at some point during a planned home birth. And that could be for any number of reasons. That could be because they want to try a different form of pain relief. So at home, you generally only have gas and air. And sometimes if prearranged, you can have pethidine, which is a type of opiate. Or because they just changed their mind. And all of that is normal. Absolutely okay. It doesn't mean you've failed. It doesn't mean you've wasted anyone's time it means that what you think is best for you and your baby has changed and you've made a decision accordingly. And if you're worried about birthing at home, is that high transfer rate if it's your first baby? Think of it like this. There's a 55% chance that you might not transfer to hospital, that you might just have your baby at home. If there was a 55% chance of winning the lottery, you would absolutely play, wouldn't you? the transfer rate if you've given birth before the transfer rate is considerably lower it's around one in ten and if you do change your mind about being at home then heading to hospital is always an option but it's much harder the other way around to change your mind if you start laboring in the hospital or in a midwife led unit and then decide you'd rather be at home and Even if you are transferred from home to hospital, you're still significantly less likely to have a cesarean, epidural or instrumental delivery than if you went straight to hospital. In 2019, The Lancet, which is a world leading medical journal, they published a review of more than half a million intended home births. And what they concluded was that for both the person giving birth and their baby there was no difference in the rate of mortality whether birth was intended to be in the hospital or at home and this is a finding that quite often shocks people as they've always believed that giving birth at home is dangerous when in actual fact it's physically just as safe as birthing in hospital. Some would say maybe safer in terms of your emotional and mental well-being, but I haven't yet read a study which discusses instances of birth trauma or a negative birth experience with home birth, but I'm willing to bet that far more people have positive experiences at home than in other settings. And please bear in mind, folks, when you're considering your plans for birth, birth is physically very, very safe. But just because you are alive with a healthy baby does not mean the experience was safe for you. We really should be considering all aspects of our well-being when we think of safety. And being alive with a healthy baby, that should be the bare minimum that we expect from birth. It should not be the pinnacle of the experience. You are absolutely right and justified to want and hope for more than that to really believe that you can have a positive, uplifting, joyful birth experience. I am going to rein myself in now (laughs) and take myself off that tangent or we will be here all day. But let's look at why birthing at home might not be the right choice for you. So in terms of pharmaceutical pain relief, your options at home are limited to gas and air and sometimes opiates, though these often need to be obtained beforehand with a prescription from your GP. And obviously there is overwhelming evidence that giving birth at home is safe, but if you do not feel safe birthing there, then it is not the right place for you. Some people feel far more comfortable being in hospital or being in a space that is specifically designed for birth and that is absolutely okay. Feeling like you need to give birth at home because it is the right place or the best place. Feeling like you need to be there when you would rather be somewhere else, that is just as likely to negatively impact your birth experience as feeling like you need to be on a labor ward when you really want to be at home. When you're considering where you want to give birth, the most important thing is to explore all the different options weigh up the benefits and risks of each alongside your priorities and focus on what feels like the best decision for you and your baby at that moment. Your thoughts and feelings on things might change throughout the course of your pregnancy, might change the more you learn about birth, the more, you know your circumstances might change. So be open-minded and think about how your birth might look in all of these different scenarios so that you can be as prepared as possible for the experience that you do end up having. I am going to finish up today with what is actually one of the questions that I received for last week's q and um, I didn't do it at the time because I thought it would be really relevant today. So that question was, I'm 24 weeks pregnant and I think I want to give birth at home but my partner is really not keen. This is something I discuss with people quite a lot. (laughs) For many people, the more they learn about birth, the less going to hospital makes sense. They want to be amongst their own things in a place where they feel safe and comfortable and in theory not have to go anywhere. And so I just want to explore this question with you. In a bit more depth because I think it's quite important to recognize both sides of the story here so let's do what I love to do and take it back to the hormones <laughs> the hormones pregnant people are dealing with in the late stages of pregnancy and in early labor they make us want to find or create a really safe comfortable place for birth people talk about the idea of nesting loads in pregnancy And that behavior is driven by your hormones and we see it loads in mammals if you if any of you have ever had a dog or cat give birth at home they do this you know they take themselves off to dark cozy corners they get themselves comfy they rearrange stuff in there they get comfy again and this is an instinctive behavior and it's uh, attributed to rising levels of the hormone prolactin and when you understand the importance of feeling safe for the unfolding of birth and the impact that travel and strangers and interruptions and moving around, when you realise that that can all impact on your birth, again, many people think, hang on, birthing at home might actually be a good idea and I can avoid all that hassle. The problem is that because it's not considered normal, and I'm doing that in like quotes mark, <laughs> because home birth isn't considered normal yet, and I By normal, I also want to say that I mean it's not common. Only around 2% of births are at home in the UK. And because it's not that common, society tends to think, oh, not a good idea, that's a bit of a weird thing to do. So let's think about your birth partner, who is considering you one of the people that they love the most, birthing a child who they also love. And your birth partner's instinct is to protect you. And because we are conditioned to see birth as dangerous and we see medical care as something that protects us from harm, your birth partner will often instinctively want you to birth in hospital because they, their brain thinks hospital equals safe. And it can be really difficult to be in disagreement about something like this. Like, is there a more emotive subject than anything to do with the safety of your baby? But let's try to remember that both of your beliefs and instincts come from a loving place. One of the biggest reasons that birth partners can find it difficult to get on board with a home birth is because they can't picture it. So start watching some home birth videos together so that you can normalise it and visualise it. If you know people who have had a home birth, even if it's a friend of a friend of a friend, someone you don't really know, See if you can connect with that person. People love to talk about their births. So I'm willing to bet that they would be super keen to chat to you about their experience. Especially if they think it'll help you feel like it's a normal thing to do. Because it is. It is a very normal thing to do. I also recommend asking to be referred to your Trust's home birth team even if you're just considering home birth. And I think this is a good idea because again, it just helps to normalize it as an option. And they can also answer any of your questions specific to your area and the service that's provided there. Here in Edinburgh, our home birth team also do regular video calls where a few members of the home birth team are present to have a bit of a chat about how home birth works and they sometimes also have previous home birth families on to chat about their experiences, which I just think is brilliant. A client of mine who is preparing for her home birth at the moment, she sat in one, on one of these calls recently and she told me that they had a mother on who shared her experience in planning for a home birth, but actually deciding during labour to transfer to hospital. And I thought that was a really great story to include. Because it also normalises plans changing and that being okay. Um, ultimately though, your feelings around your safety and your comfort are of paramount importance. But it's also worth bearing in mind that your birth partner's stress levels can impact on you. So maybe if you feel like home is the best place for you and they can't get on board, then maybe you need to discuss with them the option that they are not the best person to support you in labour. If you haven't already then listen back to episode 7 which is all about the role of your birth partner and towards the end of that I talk about how you can open up discussion with them if your visions for birth are not quite in alignment. But what I will say is that opting for a home birth in pregnancy is the way to keep all of your options open. If you think that you might like to have a midwife attend your birth at home even if you're not 100% sure yet have a chat with the team and think about booking in and if on the day it doesn't feel right for you then you can just call them and let them know that you're going to head to the hospital or the birth centre like we said before plans changing is absolutely fine it does not mean anything has failed anything like that it just means that What you think is right for you and your baby has changed and that's totally fine. And guys, I think we're going to leave it there for today. Thank you so much for listening and I will chat to you next week. Yeah, cheers for now. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Hypno What podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode and you can find out more about what I'm up to by heading to birthingparentsclub.com. See you next time.